This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic. Hello and welcome to Everyone's a Critic, our brand new arts review show. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and uh, on the show, what we're planning to do is discuss and critique various works from the local and where possible international art scene. This, of course, includes performing arts, visual arts and anything else in between that broadly falls within the arts category. So this week, to kick things off, we're reviewing a dance film. Uh, it's by ASK Dance Company, a Malaysian dance company, and it's called The Distance Project, Him of The Abandoned. And joining me to discuss the film is dance producer Bilkis Hijas. Thank you for joining me on my uh, inaugural show. Always happy to be here. Thank you, Sharmila. So if you're interested to watch um, The Distance Project, Hymns of the Abandoned, um, it's available on YouTube and on ASK Dance Company's Facebook page, as well as their various social media channels. Uh, So let's just get into this. Um, Broadly speaking, Bilkis, what were your what, what, what is, did you like it? I suppose it's, it's the easy place to start. Uh, and the easy thing to say is, yes, I did like it very mm-hmm. much. I, uh, I enjoyed it very much as well. Um, I'm ne- not usually a big fan of dance films. Something about the pandemic, though, has made me almost become a fan progressively. Yes, well, we don't really have very much choice at the moment. Mm. If you want dance in any form, you're going to have to get it in the film mode because obviously live becomes completely impossible. This is the first dance film that's come out of ASK Dance Company in this season. And I think it's a really promising uh, project. And I hope to see more coming out of them in the future as well. I think it's really exciting to see everything they've done. Yes, um, I've seen a couple of their live performances. So seeing that uh, translated into a video form uh, is really interesting. And and I think that's something we can talk about, uh, how the idea of dance itself actually uh, tends to change once you put it on film, because it then starts also hewing to the convention of film as well as stage and dance. Um, just to run through very quickly, so the dancers in the in the dance film are Imran Shafiq, Shafiq Yusuf, Azamuddin Tumiran, Riziana John, Kimberly Yap and Nadira Rahman and the artistic director is Joseph Gonzalez. And um, it is actually filmed... Uh, almost literally from that title. It's filmed during the pandemic. It was filmed in an abandoned house in Subang Jaya. And I say that quite particularly because for me, really, that location brought so much to the to the film itself and to the performance. I loved how they made the use of the space. I loved um, the the house was almost a character in the dance that they were doing. Yeah, it's a very powerful influence on the entire tone and feeling of the space that you get. I mean, I think no one who has ever wanted to shoot a film has ever looked at an abandoned house and not had an immediate feeling of like, oh, I would love to shoot a film in there because there's something that's so picturesque about the, the feeling of the quietness of a house that's been abandoned and also the way that nature has kind of intruded on this. And I think they made a really good choice in terms of costuming that they kept all the costume colors of the dancers really very much in tune with the house itself. So that they're gray, they're sort of pale brown, they're green. And it's almost as if the dancers themselves are a kind of organic outgrowth of this 
house that's been abandoned, which I think is a really lovely choice. I'm glad you brought up the costumes because um, besides the colour palette, which I also very much enjoyed, um, I really liked just the choice. They were dressed in what seemed like very everyday, um, you know, jalan-jalan kind of clothes. And it almost, to me, I liked it because it almost seemed like a group of people who had wandered into this house by accident and suddenly started doing these movements. Um, And I'm not sure why that pleased me. I think because I so rarely now see people out and about, there was a sense of intimacy in being able to see this. Um, Visually, a lot about the, not a lot actually, everything about the dance film was very well put together and worked really well. Yeah, I think a lot of that also has to do with the sort of professional level of the video quality itself. Uh, Aaron Cheng is the videographer and I think the main sort of visual eye behind this. And that's one of the things, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the intrusion of film elements into dance when you're making a dance film. It's so powerful. I mean, the camera, the way the camera sees things is so much a part of the dance film itself. So Aaron and his um, camera assistant and the way that they also choreograph the movements of the camera. So the camera's not static at all. The dancers are moving and the camera's also moving like it's kind of a character and like you're seeing it through someone's eye. So, yeah, I think you very much feel a sense of intimacy with the dancers and a kind of physical closeness because of how close the camera is. And I like your idea about this this, um, choice of the costumes being about making kind of a pedestrian image like these are people that you might know um they're not sort of exalted dancers they're not on a stage they're not doing sort of technical things that look impossible Mm -hmm. there's not there's not that sense of kind of physical virtuosity it's really quite relatable so you feel like these are people um and you're watching them do people things so let's get to the um, dance aspect of it first. Um, in terms of the movements, in terms of the language that they were using, um, I mean, I'm not a dancer, which is why, you know, you're here to kind of give that perspective at least. Um, but for me, I the, the main thing that stood out in terms of the movement was that contrast of what felt very... Um, I want to say digital, which is a weird word to fit into dance movements, but it felt very, um, very futuristic, very techno. The movements were very static and um, which is in contrast to this sort of abandoned space with um, sky and and plants growing everywhere. And, And of course, I mean, I think that speaks to what is the theme of this itself, this idea of the pandemic and the idea of our hyper digitalized world right now. Um, what did you think of the of the movements and the and the body language that they used? Well, it's very much in a kind of a contemporary dance context. But I think you're right about that feeling of a slightly robotic um, kind of programmed movement, especially in the beginning. To me, there's quite a big development in the piece. It starts out very quiet. I was quite impressionistic and it takes really quite a long time to build up. So there's two and a half minutes in the beginning, which is just sort of an intro. And then there's a quite a, a significant section where all of the dancers are quite consciously spaced out from each other so it reminds you immediately of this idea of social distancing and they're doing these slightly robotic movements that also resonate in some ways with the idea of working from home there's a sort of pseudo typing movement and it's they're crouched over as if they're slumped in their work chairs and then as the movie as the film develops and it moves along and the music picks up and it moves into different spaces in this house 
they abandon, if you like, this idea of, of individualized spaces and, and distancing, and they come together more closely. And I think also the movement material becomes uh, more wild, more free. So that by the time you get to the end of it, they're big jumps and they're big movements and they're sliding around and they're engaging with each other. And, and really there's been a, a, a great narrative shift between, between the, the reserve of the beginning section and how they end up at the end. Yeah, um, actually, for me, I think the parts that I found the most exciting, um, I loved the parts where they are doing things as a group, as a collective, and, and all of those things that you were talking about. But for me in particular, I enjoyed it when they broke up into smaller groups as well, when you'd see um, two dancers sort of tucked in between, I think, what was a stairwell, or you'd see the other two sort of in a different space, and then you'd see glimpses of the sky behind them. Um, I think... Again, it's that sense of a sudden sense of intimacy and a sudden sense of um, finally coming into con- contact with someone else, which was a which was a break from that initial standing apart. Because yeah, definitely that that two meter, one and a half meter distance that we've had drummed into our head now, you can see that in the initial part of the dance where um, they are kind of spaced out. There's a sort of formation that they stick to when they're doing their various um, choreographies. But um, to me, when they broke it and they went into the individual groups, it was it was suddenly very exciting in a way that um, I couldn't quite explain or put my finger on. Um, and definitely, again, it has to do with the space as well, because when they do that, they very, they kind of, there's a swift cut to a different space. There's a swift oh. cut to a different part of the house. And then you suddenly feel like the space that was quite dead has suddenly come alive while you're watching it. Yeah. And I think also the use in many of the shots of this really long depth of field so that you can see the background and then you have a number of dancers that are progressively closer to the camera. So you get the sense of really being in a deep space rather than the kind of two-dimensional space that we're used. I mean, obviously we're watching it in a two-dimensional medium, but it gives us this illusion of, of being present in, in a deeper space with by, by moving the dancers out into a, a deeper depth of field. And I think that was a really nice choice by the cinematographer as well. I'm speaking with Bilkis Hijas about ASK Dance Company's The Distance Project, Hymns of the Abandoned. Um, this is the first episode of Everyone's a Critic, our brand new arts review show. If you've watched this dance film, uh, if you intend to, if you have, find yourself, I don't know, consuming more things online now because the arts are, well, not really that easily accessible, let us know. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Everyone's a Critic, our brand new arts review show. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and with me is Bilkis Hijas, dance producer. And we are discussing ASK Dance Company's The Distance Project, Hymns of the Abandoned. It's a dance film. It's available on YouTube, on their Facebook page, um, and you can get links to it on their various social media channels. So we have been talking about, um, I suppose, the, 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 the choreography, the movements. I wanted to ask you, because of ASK's roots in Aswara and because of that sort of dance language that they are trained in, uh, where they do a fair amount of traditional alongside contemporary as well, um, 
to me, I felt like despite this being very much a contemporary dance performance, you can see those um, elements in the in the movements, in the formations sometimes, in the use of the hands or some of the stances they take. Um, is that a, a fair sort of assumption to make or a fair observation to make in terms of the kinds of works we've been seeing from ASK? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes ASK Dance Company such an exciting uh, representation of Malaysianness in the dance community in Malaysia, because many dance companies do a certain type of dance, but very, very few dance companies have dancers who have been trained sometimes, you know, for five, six years in many, many types of dance. So Aswara trains their students in uh, Malay classical and folk dance, uh, Chinese classical and folk dance, uh, the traditional dances of East Malaysia, Bharatanatyam, as well as ballet and uh, Western-style contemporary dance. And I think the all of these techniques are so deeply embodied within every single one of these dances that they have this incredibly rich, diverse uh, well of of information, of of ability, of skill to choose from. And I think it can't help to come out in their movement, even if they're not doing per se, you know, traditional dance movement. There is a sense of of weight there. I think there is a sense of engagement with the ground and there's a sense of embodied meaning that comes that's more interesting than might come with someone who was, say, only trained in Western-style contemporary dance. Yeah, um, I agree. And then I think as someone who is Malaysian, it's nice to be able to watch a contemporary dance performance and almost instinctively recognize some of the language or recognize some of the influences. And particularly for a piece like this, I think, which feels very local, um, you look out the window and you recognize the trees, um, you see the house structure and you recognize uh, the way the houses in Malaysia are built. Um, I think it's nice to... Um, I think it's nice to have that visual, those visual cues to feel like this is a story that also relates to you, um, which I think is often with contemporary dance, sometimes it's difficult to find that link. And I'm really glad that this video had it. And I think also with the diversity of bodies, mm. because this is also something we don't often see, especially in you know, professional companies that come from the West. Yeah, there's been a lot of rhetoric within the contemporary dance scene about hiring and enabling different kinds of bodies to be seen on stage. But on the whole, that's been largely rhetoric. And on the whole, there's a certain type of body, very tall, very slim, very flexy, which has been privileged and which you see over and over and over again. And like, frankly, how many of us are very tall, very slim and very flexy? Not many. <laughs> uh, and in Malaysia, not many. So to see dancers in ASK Dance Company who are not, you know, particularly tall and slim, um, two of their new uh, apprentice dancers who've come recently out of Aswara, um, Azam Tumiran and Nadira Rahmat, are really quite short and quite stocky. They're very strong dancers. They are among the strongest dancers I have seen uh, come out of Aswara within the last 15 years. But they, they have Malaysian bodies. And they're not ashamed of that. And there is, I believe, nothing to be ashamed of. And it's lovely to see how they can move their Malaysian bodies in a way that we also, yeah, we can relate to because they don't seem like some kind of superhuman creature doing superhuman things. You're right. You know, I didn't think of it in terms of Malaysian bodies, but I think that definitely adds to that feeling that I mentioned earlier, the sense of, oh, 
just one of us, somebody walking around who happened to wander into this space and create this beautiful work that I was engaging in, I think it absolutely helps when it's bodies that you recognize as being local, as be as belonging to us in some way. Um, I was wondering, though, uh, does that impact how um, does that impact the the choreography itself? Does that change um, how? the work might approach saying certain things or the kinds of movements when you have a diversity of bodies? Um, I think there's a lot of leeway within the choreography itself to be done by different bodies, but obviously different bodies look different. And that's one of the, uh, one of the approaches that is quite common within contemporary dance. And a lot of people who aren't used to contemporary dance find it a little bit difficult when they look at a group doing something and they're like, oh, but everybody's not the same. Mm. And that's kind of the point. The point is for people not to be the same, for each of the individual dancers to bring their individual flavor to the movement that they're doing and not to all look like cookie cutter robots. So if... You know, I think people who aren't familiar with contemporary dance often find this to be a little bit off, off-putting. Um, and they want dancers to look in sync, as it were, and also to have bodies that, that look very uniform. Um, but it's a different aesthetic. It sometimes takes a little getting used to. But I think in the end, yeah, it's more relatable. It's more human. So it's interesting that you said that because um, if I wanted to put my finger on what I would have liked more of. Um, I think I would have liked more of what I said earlier, um, bursts of what felt like individuality. Um, I don't know whether because this was choreographed so much to be a group. Um, at the end, even though I, I know some of the dancers and I know what they look like, I felt like I didn't necessarily remember individuals. I remembered a collective. Um, it might have entirely been the point. Perhaps they were not going for individual stories. Or, But for me, I would have liked to come away remembering, oh, this person did this or that person did that. Mm, yes, I think there is a moment of it in the middle. But as you say, it's also one of my favorite moments. There is a scene in which the dancers are performing under a circular cutout mm. in the ceiling. So you can see the ceiling, you can see the sky through this circle in the cement and they're dancing on the cement in floor beneath. And one by one, they're taking turns to do a solo. And this is, you know, quite a common construct in any kind of dance is that you've got these dancers who can do amazing things. And so why don't you just give them an opportunity to show off what they can do? So they're doing this series of quite virtuosic solos, which starts with Imran Shafiq, who's one of the most um, experienced dancers in the group. And he looks like absolutely lovely. And then Shafiq Yusuf, who's one of the new apprentices, comes in. And then Azam Tumiran comes in. He's also one of the apprentices. And for a moment before he starts to dance, he just sort of stands there. And, he's, and you can just, it's as if you can kind of see him thinking. And it's as if he's thinking, well, yeah, I could do my solo, you know, or I could not. I could just <laughs> decide to sort of just walk away. And then after a second, he does. He launches into this solo and you see all these wonderful things that he can do. And it's really like kinesthetically amazing. It, it's, it's quite fun to watch how he can move. Um, but I just liked that little hesitation moment there where it felt like you could see mm. an individual being an individual. Yeah. yeah I would say. have loved to see more of those, I think, especially because uh, because of the way they were dressed, because of the, um, again, how individual they look from each other. It would have been lovely to see um, more personality like that, I think, from the dancers. Um, we are almost at the end of the time we have. Um, 
I started this off by saying I wasn't initially a huge fan of Dan's film. Um, I just wanted your thoughts on whether you thought that as a format, it's something that um, I suppose that serves these kinds of stories. Well, it certainly allows you to take the vision of the audience outside into a non-stage space. And I think that just offers incredible scope that we haven't had. You know, we have had site-specific performances. We've invited audiences to follow dancers around um, outdoors and to see them performing in non-theater spaces. But this is a very, uh, this is a way in which we can bring this into people's living rooms. Um, so I think that's a great opportunity that we can now put bodies in really diverse spaces and therefore see them in completely different ways. And I think that's one of the great things about dance film that we can continue to take advantage of. And I think that's what this video, Hymns of the Abandoned, has done. I completely agree. If you'd like to check out ASK Dance Company's The Distance Project, Hymns of the Abandoned, you can find it on YouTube, on Facebook. Just look for ASK Dance Company. And let us know, um, once you do catch it, whether dance films are your thing, um, whether you like watching dance on a digital form, or do you miss going to live performances, you can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. This has been Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.